Hello and welcome to Horror Court Trash Over, the show that discusses all the masterpieces and trash the pieces of genre cinema. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. So, <clears throat> actually before we get into this, did you uh, want to uh, give a mention to things we watched at Fright Fest yesterday? Um, yeah. <laughs> it fits with the theme of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, we, over the weekend, have... Uh, visited London for the Fright Fest Halloween Aldea. Uh, how many films was it? was well, six, but we did miss the first film because of train troubles. Thank you, uh, trains. London, Midland, or whatever, trains. They, they made us very late. And It uh, sounds like it's probably a good thing, though, that we missed it. Yeah, so we missed a screening of Candy Corn, um, new film starring PJ Souls. And uh, Tony Todd, two uh, genre favourites. Yeah, according to our friend Luke, apparently it was uh, terrible. But um, that theme continued uh, with um, We Summon the Darkness. Yeah. So these are upcoming films that are coming out soon. I mean, obviously, you know, we're not going to tell you not to watch them. But uh, this is our personal recommendations. Yeah, we weren't, to, we weren't uh, fans of them, if we're being yeah. honest. We Summon the Darkness was uh, dog shit. It has... Um, do Your Thinkers, actress in it from Texas Chainsaw 3D. Yes. Johnny, Na- Johnny Knoxville hamming it up as a priest. Yeah. Um, not, not fans of that. No. Film. There was a short film before it, though, called The Haunted Swordsman, which was fantastic. Um, that was very good. That was all... Um, puppets. Puppets. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was great. Yeah, and do you know what? At the beginning, I thought, oh, I thought this was puppets. It was really well yeah. made. Really well made. Um, and then after that, it was an episode of a TV show called Into the Dark, which our American listeners might be a bit more familiar with. Yeah, um, it's a Blumhouse production on Hulu. Yeah, this is an episode called Uncanny Annie. And it was fine. It, was, I mean, it wasn't amazing, but uh, yeah. compared to everything else, it was yeah, fine. Yeah, the little girl in it looked like Carol Kane, which yeah, I appreciated. She was the most fucking was... annoying ghost girl I've ever she seen. She was, but um, it was by the books, sort of horror. Yeah. Yeah. Standard. Uh, and then it was... Sw- <laughs> Swallow. Swallow. Uh, dog shit. Again, uh, this is apparently a masterpiece. Um, I, I don't see it. it was, essentially, it was uh, beautifully made trash. Yeah, it, it was a film that sort of thought it was giving a, a important message. Um, and it potentially could have. Um, it's a film about a woman who who deals with um, her trauma by swallowing things, objects, sometimes very sharp objects or, or batteries. And I, I don't feel... It, it felt like it wanted to say something, but it wasn't really sure what it wanted to say. So yeah. it, it became a little confusing. Um, I, I, yeah, I wasn't really a fan. Yeah, and then we had Trick, which is from the director of My Bloody Valentine, 3D, and Drive Angry, um, starring Tom Atkins, and even Tom Atkins couldn't save that film. It started off really good. Uh, first five minutes were full of great gore and a scary killer, but then it just, it was just a mess. It became a little convoluted by the end. Yeah. A little confusing. And... But we concluded the day with a good film, uh, Scare Package, which was great. I'd, Highly recommend that one. Um, 
full of practical effects and gore. It's a horror comedy anthology film, and you can tell it was, you know, made by people who love horror films. Yeah, yeah, a lot of funny in-references. To obscure stuff as well, you yeah. know, you got stuff like Troll 2, Street Trash, Halloween 3, Friday the 13th Final Chapter, you know, things like that, and it, it really did feel like a love letter to the genre. Yeah, it was a fun, fun watch. Which is what you need around this time of yeah. year. I mean, but I mean Halloween's over now. But. Yeah. I mean, Fright Fest is great. He, you know, the, despite the fact that, you know, we spent a whole day, tra- you know, travel to London for that many bad films and then one good film. Um, despite that, you know, it, it's always a fun experience, even if they are bad. Yeah, you know? the experience is always fun if, if the films themselves aren't the best. Yeah. But that aside... The film we have for you guys today, because I mean, let's face it, the last four or five weeks we've been talking about good films, because it's been Halloween and we wanted to talk about films we love, horror films as well. Yeah, so horror films. I mean, you know, we're horror cult trash ever, so we thought we'd give you guys a bit of trash. Means it's been a while. (laughs) And what better trash could we uh, pull out for you guys than Spice World the movie? Oh, this this was this was a hard film to to sit through. I said to Chris, in a good way. I stand by it. This could be the worst film of all time. I think it's a possibility because nothing happens in this film, but so much happens. It's yeah. I've never watched, and I said this to you whilst we were watching it. I've never watched a film where so much happens. We were making our notes and I found it so hard to get everything down that I wanted to, to write down. Yet, there is absolutely no real plot. <laughs> yeah, no, we're not going to give you a plot for the song because there isn't one. There's not. Well, there there is. The plot is essentially the Spice Girls have their first live performance at the Albert Hall... And they need to get there. <laughs> Which happens in the final five minutes of the film. Yeah. The, 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 the end goal is the Spice Girls going and performing their first live performance. And um, the word live is used very loosely here. Because um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure they weren't singing live at the end. Uh, so, you a Spice Girls fan? I was, I was a Spice Girls fan. And... It's, it's what it's not what's disappointing about this film because I, I don't think this film was ever going to be Oscar worthy, <laughs> but you know I like the Spice Girls. Um, there's a lot of nostalgia attached to their music, and you know credit where it's due, they did the whole music thing very well. They were a you know a phenomenon that they were world famous. Very highly successful in the UK, especially. You know, everyone loved them back in the day. Oh yeah, no, I had a Spice Girls T-shirt when I was like five. Yeah, yeah, I collected the postcards. Yeah, you know, Victoria was my favorite. Funny, funny thing about this was before this film. Um, well, obviously, I see this when I was younger, and I, when I watched it when I was younger, I thought it was great. I mean, obviously, I was young, um, so that's my excuse for that. But Victoria is now officially my favourite Spice Girl after watching this film. Because all she does 
is just she's just an absolute bitch to everybody throughout. She, she is fucking horrible, so really but it's so entertaining. I'm I'm gonna quickly run through some trivia because we need to get into this film because yeah, this is gonna take a while. It's, it's a Razzie winner. It's a Stinker Award winner. This is probably the first one we've had of these, and we've spoke about some fucking trash. Oh, Showgirls. I Showgirls think. won a Stinker Award? I believe so. Oh, well, I mean, it, I it, it is so. on the same level as Showgirls. Uh, Stephen Fry was only in it because he wants to get some autographs for his uh, nephews. Um, <laughs> Gary Oldman wanted to be in it. Because his sons were into the Spice Girls. Yeah. And then, you know, the rest of the trivia is probably just going to come as we go along because there's so much to say. Um, did you see the budget for this film? No, I didn't actually. What was the budget? Did you, did you have a look? I, I, I want to see your reaction when you uh, when you see the it. Budget for this film. <laughs> Where is it? On IMDb? Yeah. Scroll down a little bit more. It's on there. Budget $25 million. <laughs> oh my God. Where did it go? Wow. <laughs> Fucking Victoria's outfits. Is that where all the budget went? Fucking hell. <laughs> so it was, certainly weren't the UFO effects. I think it's funny though, but it looks like it made its money back. Oh yeah. It was very successful. Uh, directed by Bob Spears or Bob Spears? Bob Spears. So Bob Spears was more famous for his television work in the UK, particularly with Absolutely Fabulous... He should have uh, stopped. Forty to Towers, yeah. you know, um, some really great sitcoms. And then he did this. Yeah. So getting into it, the films... Je- Well, in fairness, it's Jennifer Saunders that suggested. Uh, Jennifer Saunders, who was in Absolutely Fabulous, uh, she suggested that he directed this film. What a mistake! He'd just done that darn cat in America, uh, the Christina Ritchie film, and this was his film afterwards and he didn't do much yeah. after this film yeah his career sort of just stops yeah um so the film opens with an opening credit sequence set to one of the best Spice Girls songs which actually was nominated for a Razzie award for yeah, worst that's song that's very harsh <laughs> I like this song it, it opens with too much and uh, the opening sequence is actually in the style of a James Bond opening sequence it's very much a rip off of a James Bond um, which um, it quickly transitions into Top of Pops yeah so there's going to be a lot of references to British culture yeah. um, particularly British culture at the, at the time in the 90s so I, I don't know how much this is going to translate to an American audience. Essentially, Top of the Pops is, uh, or, or was, excuse me, it's finished now, was a sort of counter chart show yeah. with live, um, not not live performances. Can't see you, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> they, can, they can't see it. Sorry, you can't see me, but I was... Uh, <laughs> but... Um, yeah, so... What were, you, what were you doing? Would you like to explain what you... Well, it was just sort of... Air quotes. Air quotes. <laughs> air quotes, live performances, uh, where the acts were there, but they, they never sung live. Well, speaking about our audience not getting it, our audience, you shady little bitches, as soon as we announced this film, the backlash we got with sick emojis, <laughs> people asking us why. In fact, that was my dad. My dad, like, questioning us why we're doing this. Um, people were... Uh, Facebook and Instagram, probably most... Rea- that's the biggest reaction we've got to announcing a film for a podcast. 
so a podcast episode so far. People were absolutely disgusted with doing this film. Guys, guys, we're horror court trash over. We pick films apart. We're not doing this because we like it. We're doing it because we've got a fucking lot to talk about with this film. There is a lot. It is to a talk trash about. film. We there we is a lot to talk about. We don't like this for good reasons. It is a trash to piece. Anyway, <laughs> just to get that out there. Um, thanks for the support. Love you really. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> It says uh, in the credits, based on an idea by the Spice Girls. This is why you should never let the, musicians yeah, make so films. Yeah, so the Spice Girls get a writing credit <laughs> for coming up with the idea. Uh, <laughs> what fucking idea? I mean, what? <laughs> I don't understand. They, they didn't clearly didn't come up with a fucking plot. So all these random tangents and shit that go yeah. on throughout the film, they must have just sat just there and made like, up oh, one. that'd be fun, wouldn't it? Oh, should we do, we do this scene? <laughs> should we do a scene with aliens? Yeah, that'd be fun, wouldn't it? Was that your Jerry impression? Sounds no, just that's like just a... <laughs> So Spice Girls and uh, Kim Fuller has a writing credit. Now you must be thinking, oh, who's Kim Fuller? I am. Kim Fuller wrote From Justin to Kelly... As well. Another film you wanted to cover. We, yeah. Well, I'm not sure cover. Um, (laughs) Oh, also wote Seeing Double, the S7 film. Oh, that explains it. So, uh, I don't know who this Kim Fuller is. Um, Well, Kim Fuller seems to have an obsession with writing films with British pop groups with dildos. With dildos. There are mentions to sex toys in both of these films. There are, yeah. uh, Well, actually, I'm not sure. Kim, I'm assuming, is a lady. Um, Yeah, has written some shite. Sorry, Kim, if you're listening. Uh. We should have, to be honest, we should have actually asked if we could have got anyone from this film to do an interview on this podcast, because I'm pretty sure they would have said yes. (laughs) Well... Actually, one of the points I would like to make, and I probably will make throughout the film, is the sheer abundance of fantastic British talent in this <laughs> film. And there is, I mean, the Spice Girls can't act Michael for Michael Barrymore! Shit. Yeah. The Spice Girls can't act for shit. But a lot of the other actors in the film are real seasoned, fantastic actors. And some of them in cameos. Um... But someone, uh, we'll get to it, we'll get to it. Well, my next note was actually acting, holy shit. Because yeah. as soon as the song finishes and they start speaking, oh my God, it hits you like a ton of bricks. It, it, this is the definition of jarring. Throughout the... F- <coughs> Excuse me, I'm choking on my words here. Throughout the film, you, you find that, you know, the Spice Girls, one of the biggest things about them was their personality yeah. you know they, 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 they were mediocre singers Mel C was clearly the best singer mm. I, I think everyone can agree on that and um, the biggest thing about them was their personality now someone has tried to write a fucking script <laughs> to emphasise these personality traits and it ain't working <laughs> So then when you get the Spice Girls to learn a script and act it out, it's even worse <laughs> because it feels so fake and they can't act. I'm sorry, ladies. Speaking of which, act. they're uh, meeting with Alison John. Yeah, so we start... <laughs> Great glasses, Alton. I like them. <laughs> so they finish their Top of the Pops. They're in, in the backstage at the BBC. 
and they meet out and John briefly, and they're like, oh, great glasses out and John. I like them. <laughs> <laughs> And that's it. That's Elton John's cameo, out and of the way. the sound editing, uh, straight away, oh my God, it is so bad. It, it, honestly, I cannot believe a wide-release film had this sound editing. <laughs> this is terrible. And we get introduced to Alan Cumming, who plays... I, and I don't really know what he is, because he plays a documentary maker, but it's made up for most of the film that they don't know he's there. It's like an unofficial documentary he's making. Yes, but then they acknowledge him at some points. And, and then their manager knows about him. It's like, what is this guy's purpose? Yeah. And he just... He, the times that he pops up filming them are just really weird yeah. times. Just them performing, really. He's, he's acting as if he's, you know, going to get a real behind-the-scenes look at the girls, he thinks he's uh, David Attenborough. Yeah. Um, he's going to get some real juicy gossip. Well, he as wants well. this juicy gossip, but like the performer at one point is like, oh my god, get Jerry's face! Oh my god, get her! Get her face! Like, yeah, but what's that going to achieve yeah, for you? What are you trying I to. I don't understand what he wanted. <laughs> Potentially, it's as shit as this one if it's ever released. No, I would love to see his finished film. Yeah. It's just like them just, just doing nothing. Which is this film? Then we get introduced to their bus driver, fucking Meatloaf. Meatloaf. Funny story. When I was a kid and I was like fascinated with films and you know getting more into films, I was really curious about Rocky Horror Picture Show, and um, whenever. I would uh, ask my parents about what happens in Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> they would refer to Meatloaf as, well, you know the bus driver from Spice World? <laughs> oh, dear. Yes, I had a tragic childhood. Um, anyway, so yeah, Meatloaf's a bus driver. We don't know much from him. Um, you don't, actually. He doesn't do... He, he just does a little pun. Verse. He does a pun later on he about... He does one you know, pun about... I uh, won't do that. I won't do blah, that, blah, blah, yeah. Blah. But he just, the poor bastard, you know, he he's a very talented singer. <laughs> I really he's not a bad actor. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he was great in uh, Do you know what? White Club. He's the best actor in this film. Well, that's, Chris. That's, don't be silly. Chris, have you, did you watch the same film as me? Even everyone who you're saying are great, talented actors, no one did a fucking good job in this film other than Meatloaf. Well, Meatloaf had nothing to work with. Exactly. Mm. He didn't do anything, and he was a, still a better actor. <laughs> that one scene where he does that pun was more convincing than any other character in this film. Okay. <laughs> I believe that. Well, um, then we get the Spice Girls acting out all their stereotypes from the names. Well, they, they exit. Well, what I think I found a bit weird is they're like, ah. Oh, you know, we're going to exit through the back because <laughs> we don't... Oh, we don't want all these fans everywhere getting on our nerves. <laughs> you know, I think it's a bit harsh. <laughs> you know? And then they exit the BBC and there's all these screaming fans Hi, outside. guys! Oh, you promised us we wouldn't be out here. Oh, now we've got to do some autographs and, and then they, they, photos. <laughs> and they're so false. They're like, I guess, yeah, we'll yeah, sign this for you. Yeah, just been bitching about them not two <laughs> minutes ago. And then you're like, I'll, I'll sign this for you. I'll do that for you. <sighs> so, yeah, they get into the van uh, or the, the bus. big double-decker bus. Union Jack With bus. the Union Jack 
Looks like something Boris Johnson would drive around. Oh, God, yeah, pure Brexit, definitely. (laughs) The Brexit burst. Can we refer to it as the Brexit burst? burst, Definitely Brexit burst. (laughs) I think it was originally known as the Spice burst, but it's now the Brexit burst. It's the Brexit burst. Um, So, on board the Brexit burst, Victoria doesn't know what to wear. Well, the burst is like the fucking TARDIS, isn't it? Obviously, it's just a double-decker burst. You go inside, and it's massive. Everyone's got their own little (laughs) section. (laughs) <laughs> baby has a swing so yeah baby's got a swing um there's just everyone's got their own little um victoria's got a big wardrobe obviously yeah she doesn't know what to wear and then sporty's like uh oh i don't know what is it the uh the little gucci dress the or gucci the little dress. gucci dress or the little gucci dress and she's like oh i don't know and then uh, Baby's like, why do you wear the little Gooch dress? like, oh, good idea. <laughs> they read each other a lot through this. They are like a bunch of drag queens. Oh, this is a this is a fucking... We thought the fog was gay heaven. Yeah. How on earth did we, you know, not even... When we were watching it, I didn't even think this. But yeah, this film is gay heaven. Yeah. <laughs> this is reading each other to the whole, um, whole thing. Mal B's looking for her boots. Um, Jerry's wearing them. Fucking fuming. And boots were really ugly. They were they actually were, just boots. Yeah, they, they weren't great. And then we cut to uh, them doing an interview with Jonathan Ross, who has been incredibly racist. What did he say? Well, they were they were speaking in different languages, and he was trying to guess. So it was quite obvious what these languages were. I can't speak anything other than English, but I still knew what they were doing. And he was like, I think if, if I remember right, I think um, Baby Spice was speaking in Japanese, and he was like. Oh, so this reached out to our Spanish audience then. I was like, oh my God, really? And he did that for each and every one of them. Oh. <laughs> oh, I missed that. That's so weird. cheers, Jonathan. Cheers, That's Jonathan Ross. Job. Great input. Um, and then we get some American filmmakers um, yeah, who come so into the film. I'm, a fi- um, I'm assuming it's a film producer played by George Went, And uh, you might know him better from Cheers. So another great comedic actor, you know, he was great in Cheers. And I remember, um, what I wrote down, what he said was, uh, who cares if they can act? <laughs> yeah, compares them to Marilyn Monroe. I know, yeah, Marilyn Mo- Monroe can act. I was like, that's harsh. <laughs> well, that's, not, that's not even true. She was a fantastic actress. Speaking of actual actors, after this we get Roger Moore, who is a fucking nightmare in this film. Yeah, I don't... He's... So, you've got Richard E. Grant as their tour manager. What I'm assuming is that Roger Moore plays some sort of executive... Yeah. their, um... What, what would they call them? Music... Record. Company. Record label. Record label. So, some sort of executive at their record label. And he, he doesn't interact with the girls at all throughout the film. Um, don't blame him. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, he just rings up Richard E. Grant. He filmed his scenes in one day. Yeah. And uh, he just rings up Richard E. Grant and... Just reads riddles to him. Yeah. It's just just talk shit. Strange riddles that make no sense. And he's always got a cat. A little reference to... Or a pig. Or a pig. uh, But a reference to uh, Donald Pleasance in uh, James Bond. Yeah. So it's all just James Bond references he shakes his cocktail yeah says, no don't stir it or whatever it's very cheesy 
Um, and he makes absolutely no sense what he says throughout the whole film. He calls sporadically throughout throughout the yeah. Future. It, it it is it it really is just it is just Roger Moore talking shit, and it was so annoying to watch. Yeah, it was. Um, do you know Roger Moore's my favorite James Bond? I've never watched a James Bond film. Yeah, Roger Moore's my favorite. He's I think he's very you know he's got a lot of charisma and whatnot. I'm not in this, evidently. Uh, anyway, so um, do you know uh, Jerry Hallowell wanted to, or Jerry Horn or whatever she is now, uh, wanted to be in The World Is Not Enough, which came out after this, and people would have seen this film. We can see why she didn't get the role. Yeah. <laughs> um, Wait, isn't World Is Not Enough? Is that not the one with Denise Richards? It is the one with Denise Richards. <laughs> anyway, we're not going on a James Bond tangent. Well, let's not, um, no. We get a performance of, um, is it Say You'll Be There, the name of the song? It is Say You'll Be yeah, There. Yeah, we, uh, uh, on the, J- Jules Holland Jules Holland. Uh, Jules Holland, uh, for our American audiences. I feel like I'm going to have to explain a lot. <laughs> Jules Holland is, um, he was in a band called Squeeze, but he's made a sort of a second, uh, career on TV hosting a sort of a music variety yeah. show, isn't it? All of um, our British listeners are going to be so known, pissed off fan- at this. He's known to be a fantastic <laughs> musician and, and pianist. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so he's there helping them set up for their live performance. Oh, Jules Holland's so much better than this. <laughs> so, Alan Cummings there, you know, just in the corner of the room filming them. He's always like a fucking weirdo. Um... And uh, one of their key the, the keyboard player makes a mistake and uh, scary spies is like oi, sort your fingers out, Div. It's so weird because that was so rude. Like, what are you trying to make these characters like a boy? Telling off this poor man because his fingers slipped. Just don't know what to say. <laughs> no, it's just... The pregnant friend comes in, no? Yeah, so their preg- pregnant friend... Um, is it Nicola? That's her name? I've honestly got to write that as pregnant friend. Pregnant friend. So, pregnant friend <laughs> um, joins them for some reason to say hello. Um, yeah, that's about it, really. It's just... Oh, no, it ain't. Oh, no. No. She, uh, they have a conversation about being a mother... Um, oh, of course. And yes. then we get a fantasy sequence of uh, Spice Girls all looking like a bunch of trash bags yeah. in the future, acting like they've just came off Jeremy Kyle. Um, audio, American audience, let's just Google that, please. Um, <laughs> um, <and> Jerry Springer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, trashy Jerry Springer. Even trashier Jerry Springer. Um yeah, and the sequence just involves them just being really common. Uh, and... Yeah, but acting like they're really bad mums. Yeah. Like Victoria, Victoria yeah. sent hers to boarding school. <laughs> they're all really <laughs> resentful of ever having kids. Uh, Baby Spice has had about seven kids. And they're all sort of, oh, well, we could have made it if we didn't have children. <laughs> Imagine what our lives would have been like. All smoking. Um, Yeah. I think one of them's pregnant again. Um, Sporty Spice is on a treadmill, but she looks like she's put on quite a bit of weight. Yeah. She looks like Wayneta Slob, doesn't she? (laughs) And then, yeah, the kids upstairs start playing Mama by the Spice Girls, and one of them's (laughs) like, oh, fuck off, turn it off. (laughs) Turn it down, you little shit. And, uh, yeah, end the fantasy sequence. 
Then we get Say You'll Be There again. Yeah, we get the same we, song we again. We get probably a longer performance. That's when Alan Cummings like, get a face, get Jerry's face. Um, and then we get a newspaper editor called Kevin. Kevin. Who is our uh, antagonist. Yeah, essentially. And again, another character that doesn't have any scenes with the girls. Um, he's played by Barry Humphreys. Yeah. Who's uh, Dame Edna Everidge. He has a killer moustache, and he you know a killer moustache on here. Um, I mean, it's not it's not notable enough to go on about. It's not exactly a feeder's moustache, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's all right. And he's talking about the front page of the newspaper said Spice Girls set to conquer the globe. Yeah, he's sick of them. There's a weird sense of... Uh, I don't want to say arrogance, but of sort of... No, it is arrogance. It is absolutely arrogance. Where they, the, the Spice Girls are going on like they, they are about to conquer the world. They're the biggest thing on the planet. They're all fantastic. They're credited as writers, Chris. <laughs> they and they're saying they're going to conquer the globe. This is arrogance. This is like when John Carpenter wrote Halloween 3 and put the line in there, Halloween, the immortal classic. The immortal classic. Like... Not even like five years after yeah. it was released. This is this is an example of that. This is them just really uh, blowing their own trumpets. Um, during the sequence, though, there's a really weird comedy scene where um, he says he doesn't care about Spice Girls, doesn't care what they do, and he's like, or even if they find a cure for deja vu, and his mate is like, huh, I don't care about that or whatever, and then it just repeats it, exact same scene. Yeah, that's the that's the point. But it just seemed so. It's a cheesy gag. Yeah, it, it just didn't fit in. It's a cheesy gag in a film full of cheesy gags. It starts raining in their office, and then Kevin wants to destroy girl power. Thanks a lot, Donald Trump. That's a little <laughs> Donald Trump-ish, Yeah. He wants to destroy it, um, and so. Um, Back to these filmmakers, the Americans, uh, and they're pitching some film ideas to the Spice Girls manager. That, that sounds better than this film. Well, which one was this one? Uh, this is one about is their grandmother. They live with their old grandmother. One of them's a skier. Um, oh, yes. Yeah, so this dude uh, with George Wendt, um, he, he's a writer. Um, he says, oh, he's got a great idea for the Spice Girls film. And they're all... Are they all, like, trying to look after their grandmother? Yeah. They're all sisters, and they're trying to look after their grandmother (laughs) and find some sort of money. So they decide that the best way is for Mel C to become an Olympic skier. And to do that, Mel C has to get over her fear of heights and snow. (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) I can't believe you remember all of this. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah. I'm just thinking, what the fuck is going on about? Well, um, yeah, the manager doesn't seem too keen on the idea. No, uh, understandably. And then, uh, I've got written down, why is their bus constantly driving around London? Because it is just driving around it is. London. It's not going anywhere. <laughs> they're, they're just going around in circles. And anyone who's been to London will know what a fucking nightmare that is and what tra- traffic's like around London. Anyway, it's surprising that it's always in motion. Yeah, they're, they're never stuck in traffic. <laughs> you ever been in a fucking bus in the middle of London? We were on a bus. Yeah, moving. We were on a bus that was meant to take half an hour once and we were on it for about an hour and a half. It, it was. 
<laughs> and yeah, they could just drive around London whenever they like with no traffic. Really, really. So um, it's, a, it's a scene in the bus, just a very just a short, very short scene um, of Jerry and Mel B playing chess. And Mel, Mel B's like, oh, fuck chess. I'm just going to move my... I'm just going to move this horse wherever I like. And Jerry's getting really irate. I said, I'm going to slap you in a minute. And that's it. End of scene. That's it. But then we soon get a scene talking about how uh, disgusting it is that uh, Baby Spice is so innocent. And she's a piece of shit because she's really innocent. Which leads to a Victorian flashback um, where she gets away with murder. Did you say Victoria or Victorian? Victorian. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> so it's a little flash. Well, it's not. It's another fantasy sequence, isn't it? Of, yeah. Of um, a sort of Agatha Christie whodunit and uh, Poirot's there, played by Hugh Laurie, another very yeah. talented actor. Um American audiences would know him from House, wouldn't they? Yeah. Um, but yeah, Hugh Laurie's there and he said, oh, this man's been riddled with bullets. <laughs> Who could it be? There's Baby Spice sitting over a fucking gun. Spice with a machine gun. <laughs> and uh, like, she smiles. <laughs> He's like, oh no, it's not you. It's the <laughs> professor. <laughs> well, after this, we get the greatest dialogue exchange in cinematic history. Where? On the bus? Yes. Where they're talking about being stereotyped? No, no, no. When they're talking about fish. Oh, okay. So, Scary's having a look at a fish tank, comparing fish to people and about her ex. And, uh... <laughs> so... <laughs> Jerry Hallowell, <laughs> Ginger Spice, starts talking about uh, fish. And she's like... Did you know the largest fish in the world is a manta ray? While she's talking about this, Scary Spice is still at this fish tank. And she starts shaking it. She's like, <laughs> And she just screams at these fish for no fucking reason. And then, and then after that, this is why Posh is now my favourite Spice Girl. She turns to fucking Ginger and she's like, and then there's the little ginger one who's full of useless information about manta rays. It's horrible. It's just so harsh. The weird thing is that they're talking about being stereotyped. And baby obviously being stereotyped to being innocent. Uh, Victoria being objectified. And I don't understand what the stereotype for Jerry was. What is, yeah, what is Ginger's stereotype? Because you've got Baby who acts like a fucking child. You've got Posh who's obviously stuck up. Scary's just screaming at things. Sporty's always, Sporty's like always kicking, kicking and, and shit. <laughs> and I feel like they didn't really have one for Jerry. <laughs> so they were like, oh, let's just make her intelligent. So she comes out with these random facts. And she's very good at chess. What's the best part about the fish fact? It's not even true. <laughs> Apparently it's not even true. Would you like to tell us what the real largest fish is? I don't know, is? did you write it down? I, I didn't, it's on the, oh it is on the IMDb trivia. But it, I, honestly, why would you not research this line before putting it in? 
Maybe it was true at the time. Oh, no, no. Maybe this this was never true. Discovered. This was <laughs> this was never true. <laughs> but I'm sure glad they did include it though, because it does make for a very entertaining sequence. Uh, Are you? Uh, have you found it yet? No, no. Oh yeah, Jerry mentioned this is from IMDb. So it maybe take this with a little pinch of salt. I, I believe I'm DB over ginger spice. Jerry mentioned that the largest fish in the world is the manta ray. That is false. The largest is the whale shark at 40 <laughs> feet long. <laughs> and in fairness, though, manta ray is funnier. So after the uh, discussion about fish, they, um, they have a photo shoot. A lovely extended photo shoot sequence um, in which they dress up as Wonder Woman and they do a Grease photo shoot. Yeah, Jackie Kennedy, Marilyn, Ross, yeah, Marilyn Monroe. Ursula Andres, another James Bond reference. Yeah, and Malby screaming in the camera. Yeah, essentially. She's still screaming. Um, and then they dress as each other. So essentially what they've said, they go to this photo shoot and they're having to do girl power... Sporty being sporty, yeah. you know. Posh being a bitch. Baby being, you know, innocent. And they're like, oh, fuck this. We're going to do what we want. And just, we're just going to be ourselves. <laughs> and then so they dress up as famous characters from, yeah. from culture. And, and then they dress up as each other for with hilarious results yeah and uh, essentially at the end they're like oh no it's not comfortable living in someone else's clothes <laughs> like, oh i love this sporty outfit this is comfortable yeah. <laughs> and then they decide to just be themselves again and that's the point of that scene yeah and they're singing a song over it. i don't know what oh, i can't don't remember what no it wasn't memorable um and then we get introduced to another villain um this guy he got the Fergie toe-sucking pictures, apparently. Fergie <laughs> toe-sucking pictures. Now, this one has to be explained for American <laughs> audiences. This isn't Fergie from the Black Eyed Peas. I wish it was. This is... So, Sarah Ferguson was married to Prince Andrew. And um, they got divorced. And sort of... She was vilified a, a bit, weren't she? She was mm-hmm. sort of looked down upon. Oh, she was never good enough to be in the royal family. She was too wild, too wild. And um, photos were released quite a few years later of her boyfriend and her on a um, sun lounger. And he was sucking her toes. And he also got... <laughs> sucking her toes. Well, apparently, you also got the pictures of the Teletubbies taking a shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'd love to see these photos. Um, but the evil photographer is none other than Rocky Horror Picture Show and shock treatment creator, Richard O'Brien. Richard O'Brien. Oh, excuse me. Crystal May's host as Crystal well. May's Thank host. Thank you very much. How could I forget? Again, I'm sorry. I'm going to beat a dead horse on this one. Another fantastic talent. <laughs> You know, a real great mind. You know, I love Rocky Horror and um, to to star in this. Jesus Christ. Apparently, he's another one that filmed his scenes in like one day. Yeah. Um, But yeah, Jesus. Yeah, this isn't his uh, most dignified moment. No. (laughs) Um, 
Then we get a party. We get a character from Absolutely Fabulous. We do. The only I, clever thing in this film. I, I, do you know what? This is probably my favourite part because I think Jennifer Saunders is fantastic. Love Jennifer Saunders, and this is her little cameo. And they they were like, oh, I hate these. They go to a party, one of these sort of like press parties, and they're like, oh, I hate these parties. Everybody asks you how you are, but they don't really care. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what they're trying to say about fame in this, but I really don't get it. On one hand, they act as if fame is awful, and then the other part, they're like, sorry, I can't stop laughing. And the evil part, they're like, yeah, girl power. We're using our fame to right the wrongs of the world. But so they're at this party and Victoria's talking to um, Eddie Monsoon, who's a character from Absolutely Fabulous, played by Jennifer Saunders. And they're talking about designer labels. And she goes, this is seriously the only part of the film that I actually laughed at, unironically. She goes, have you heard of Manta Ray? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love Manta Ray. I'm actually wearing Manta Ray. Right <laughs> it's a shame Joanna Lumley wasn't in the film oh. as well. Well, after this, Mal B is having a conversation with Bob Galdoff about his hair. And she's fucking fuming with it. She does not like what he's doing with his hair. It's too long. So she uh, turns him into her. Yeah. Yeah. That's... Mm, I, I, Bob Geldof again isn't a great actor. <laughs> well, he's not an actor. He isn't. So it was a bit of a weird scene. Um, something else a bit weird was their pregnant friends at this party as well. Oh yeah. <laughs> and some guy was like, "Are you with the Spice Girls?" And she goes, "No, I'm a nobody." <laughs> and he just like, "Okay, he's see like, ya." Oh well, yeah, go fuck yourself. I mean, it is it is a bit weird that um. This whole pregnant friend thing is so strange. Well, she turns up at this party to ask them to be the godmothers to her child, to which uh, Sporty Spice says that'll only happen if uh, the child's a Liverpool supporter. Yeah. <laughs> um, but <laughs> but they're like, so this friend, so there is essentially six of them in this friendship group. We're meant to believe that this friendship group is six of them. Pregnant friend and the Spice Girls. Yeah? Mm, yeah. And then the pregnant friend just, what, just wasn't talented enough no. to have joined the group? Like, what? I don't get it. Could yeah. You, you know? I, I, I just found I just found that really weird. Why would they add somebody to the dynamic that isn't part of, or can't sing or dance or do it. She's just some random pregnant woman that keeps popping they're in and o- out. Their only friend. Their only friend. Some pregnant woman that keeps popping in and out of the film. It's crazy. After this film finished, after she gave birth, they probably weren't even friends with her anymore. They're only really interested because in she's pregnant. Like every yeah. conversation was, it, they brought up about well, her being pregnant. Yeah, essentially. Well, after this, the girls finally acknowledge Alan coming. Um, and he asked them <laughs> about guys. <laughs> He asked them what their opinion is on men. To which Scary Spice says something that is so morally wrong. <laughs> you should be able to will them in. And then they're trapped. And then uh, they make a comment about ordering them like pizza. Yeah. It's a, it's a strange thing. Because the whole point of girl power is 
equality. Yeah. And she says it, equality between the sexes. Um, it's like, yeah, it's a fucking trap, yeah, man. Yeah, so we should just order men like pizza. <laughs> yeah, just trap them in. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a terrible line, and it just it just doesn't sit well. No, it's a weird... I, I don't... I don't get what they're messing... I'm not going to try and find a fucking No, don't. This, this isn't Showgirls. I mean, maybe Showgirls, there was a little message in there. Yeah, so there's no message there's in this. None. This is just a random idea that somehow got made um, for 25 million. 25 million. And, um, and after this, someone says... Uh, well, Alan Cummings says to uh, Ginger, he's like, do you like men, Ginger? And she's like, uh, is the Pope Catholic... And this creates some fucking huge uproar where they're talking a little too literally and they thought they were accusing the Pope of not being Catholic. Well, that's what... The, the, obviously, the paper's out to get them. And uh, the paper publishes on the front page, Spice Girls question whether the Pope is Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get on the TV, um, sort of the Archbishop of wherever in, in the UK, played by Richard Briers. Again, another fantastic actor. <laughs> Why the fuck Richard Bryars is in this film? An absolute legend of TV sitcoms and, and film as well. Absolute legend. Love Richard Bryars. The fuck is he doing in this film? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, it's disgusting. I think it's disgusting. I want to know where they've heard this. Yeah. <laughs> so. so to make amends... Richard E. Grant gets them to perform in Italy. Yeah, after after, after Roger Moore talking shit again. Yeah, but I'm assuming what the reason they've gone to Italy, and they've gone to Milan, which is not not the fucking Vatican, so I don't understand why they went to Milan. But they go to do a TV performance in Italy to make amends with the Pope. (laughs) And Um, to make amends, they go and uh, perform... A song by a paedophile. Oh, God. <laughs> so, a little bit of context. Um, there was a famous singer in the UK during the 70s and, and 80s called Gary Glitter. <laughs> Stop laughing. Now, Gary Glitter, unfortunately, around the time this film was made and released, was found to be a, a, a paedophile, yeah. essentially. Um so this caused issues because he actually had a four minute cameo in the film. Uh-huh. That was deleted, but they perform a song called Wanna Be in My Gang, which was a very famous Gary Glitter hit. And it's pretty much essential to this scene in the film in Italy. Uh, watching it now, it's awkward as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it also actually, it's, it's a similar sort of controversy to the new Joker film mm-hmm. featuring a Gary Glitter song. Um, yeah. Uh, the hope that he didn't get any well, royalties. No, it's been confirmed that it's, with Joker, he, he yeah. didn't get any royalties yeah. for that. But potentially he could have for, it, for the this world. This is when it just happened. It just happened. It just came out. The, and you know what? what? This was. is what pissed me off. They could have deleted... This entire fucking Catholic Pope, oh whatever my god, bullshit. they could have actually. They could have deleted all of that. It didn't do anything to the. Again. It would have probably shaved off about five, ten minutes, <laughs> yeah. and you wouldn't know. You and would it, never know. You wouldn't have known because it does nothing for the plot. No. It does fuck all. Well, 
they perform it once, and these uh, they have the Dream Boys come out. We these get strippers. We get the strippers come out dancing with them, and they're fuming. They're not having it that these uh, guys are coming out dancing sexually. So um, Posh is like, I ain't having these tacky dancers. Like, okay. You're saying tacky dancers in a film that is probably the tackiest film of all time. <laughs> Irony. And then um, they were checking them out. And uh, Posh is like, oh, looking at their underwear and their big balls. Like, do you think that's real down there? And I can't remember who uh, replied. Mal B. Mal B is like, nah, it looks like rolled up socks. <laughs> and then uh, and then Baby Spice is there. And she's like, oh, well, I would have you in my bedroom. But I've got a rabbit in my bed. There's the Dildo reference. Uh, I've got uh, a green giraffe, I've got Buzz, Woody, the alien, and a hot water bottle, so there's just no room for you. And <coughs> after this weird scene of uh, Baby Spice explaining all of her toys, um, we get the song again! We do. <laughs> Second round of Do You Want to Be In My Game? They've come to a compromise, the gentlemen are fully dressed, and then the big reveal... Is when they turn around and they got their asses hanging out. Equality between the sexes. (laughs) Um, So then they get back to the UK. They're in the Brexit bus and uh, driving through the woods. (laughs) Yeah, they just returned to the UK. (laughs) (laughs) But it's all right, Pope. Hope you forgive us. Here's some by paedophile. So they just go to Italy, perform, want to be in my gang. Moan about guys being sexual. With their asses hanging out to, to beg forgiveness from the Pope. <coughs> and they just fuck off back to the UK. <laughs> they get on Brexit first. They're going through the woods. And Sporty's needing the piss really bad. She starts screaming about it. They all need a piss. Then they all they? need a piss all, at the same all time. All the toilets on board uh, clogged. <laughs> for some <laughs> reason. <laughs> Meatloaf took a big shit in the toilets. <laughs> Someone's had a big shit and blocked all the toilets. Managers making phone calls about it, saying that's not acceptable. Um, so they all get off and they go this to have is, a... This is... No, no, because he suggests to Meatloaf that Meatloaf should clear the toilet. <laughs> now, Meatloaf explains that he loves the girls and he would do anything for them, but he won't do that. Oh, Fucking kill me. Anyway, so... Um... Best of British culture. Uh, the Spice Girls go to take a piss in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> and then aliens appear. <laughs> so this is the scene where I think that their writing credits. <laughs> what are Spice ideas? Girls known for doing drugs? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But I feel like this is one of the ideas that they came up with. And they were like... Oh, it'd be great to have a scene with some aliens in. They, they, they uh, blend some genres in this film. But then, um, another, another quite arrogant scene, though, because it, essentially these aliens land, so the, the girls don't get their piss in the end. So they must, Yeah, they, they forget must about pissed, the aliens. Yeah, they must have pissed their pants. They must have pissed their pants. And uh, so these aliens land, and they come out, and the girls are like, oh, what's going to happen to us? And it turns out they're massive Spice Girls fans. Yeah, they start off... They tickets to the event. Well, they start off... One of them... Well, one of them tries grabbing Malby's tits. Yeah. And she's like, oh, you fucker, get off. And then uh, they start yeah. saying that they want tickets for the gigs. Um, 
And then... <laughs> That's so weird. Did the alien would just grab a... T- <laughs> <laughs> Sexual harassment aliens. Oh, my God. Um, and... Uh, <laughs> Uh, and then uh, they're like, they, they, you've got subtitles for these aliens talking their own language, and somehow the Spice Girls understand their language. Yeah. And they're like, they want tickets for the gigs, and they're like, nah, sorry, it's sold out. Um, and then they start wanting to sign stuff, and I still swear now, one of them gets his dick out, and I spot to sign it. <laughs> he unzips something, and something big comes out of flesh colour, and he's like, oh, I signed this posh. And uh, so she signs it, of course. Um, She's fearless. She's posh spice. And then um, after that, uh, one of them says the exact line of dialogue. Give us a kiss, ginger one. And to which she does. She necks this alien. And uh, they have pictures taken with them. And then, uh, yeah, that's it. That scene's yeah. over. So essentially, another massive tangent in this film, or just a scene that is completely pointless, it's just them getting harassed, sexually <laughs> harassed, by these aliens, <laughs> and then going back to the bus, and then that's it. You imagine a studio watching this after it's completed and saying, do you know what? Let's release this. Yeah. This is good enough for release. <laughs> you imagine I'm pitching the idea to them. So, so there's this scene... Um... Yeah. And then the aliens are massive Spice Girls fans because we're taking over the globe. Yeah, these horny aliens turn up. One of them wants Posh to sign his dick. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> So, yeah, alien sequence over. Um, doesn't really come back again until they start dancing at the end. Uh, and then we get a really dark sequence where uh, Roger Moore and the gang all decide that the girls aren't allowed any time off. They have to just keep working. Yeah, this is another one where I think they're trying to give some sort of message about the pains of being famous. And um, they they want to get the morning off. And uh, Richard E. Grant rings Roger Moore and says, the girls want the morning off. They want to lie in. They want to go home. And Roger Moore's like, oh, well, if you take a rabbit and you uh, go to the moon or some fucking shit yeah. like that. Um, and they're not allowed the morning off. And they're like, oh, really disappointed. Uh, but they're, like, pretending to be angry about it. And they come out, oh, no, it's fine. Yeah, but the reason they wanted the morning off is because pregnant friends got a baby due. That's pretty much it. They couldn't give a shit about their personal lives. And, uh... I just thought they wanted to lie in. No, they want something about this baby. Oh. But uh, the manager is like, babies are allowed to be overdue, but you're not. Yeah. And then he tries bargaining with them by saying, uh, look, if you carry on working, I'll buy you a milk chocolate magnum. <laughs> There you go. And, and they get the Magnums, I think, you Point know. placement there for Magnum. And then we get fucking Michael Barrymore as a fucking nightmare. Oh, so... Another controversial British uh, talent. Yeah, <laughs> so it's decided that they need to step up their game and they're going to dance camp. Yeah. Um, which is like a boot camp for dancing. With an abusive dance teacher called Mr. Yeah, Step. Yeah, and Michael Barrymore, Mr. Step is dressed up as a army sergeant and he's it's a fucking shit scene of them uh, michael barrymore was a big he, tv star at the time well i mean that's not really what he's most famous for no it? but he was a game show host and big tv star who was again was quite controversial after the film was released um but um this is like fucking crime watch the movie yeah 
But uh, he's showing them some stupid, like, ballet dance. Yeah. It's not funny. It's just... it. He just he hams it up so much. Yeah. It's just annoying to watch. And then again, the girls are like, "No, we're gonna do things our way." So they all get in army gear, follow his steps, even though they said they're gonna do it their way. Victoria's in a fucking army dress because she's amazing. Um, <laughs> and then they start chasing him. Yeah, yeah, it just doesn't really matter. Yeah, they, yeah. So their way is no. They start doing some sort of flamenco dancing, yeah. and they repeat the same thing over and over again. And it's like, oh, okay, so this is you doing it your way. Uh, and then they start chasing him, like, we're going to get you, Mr. Step. But, oh, okay, is that the end of the scene? And no, they do a obstacle course. Yeah, for some reason. For some reason. And they're doing an uh, army marching chant. Um, I didn't get the whole of it, because it does go on a little bit. Um, but part of it is... Um, we are the spiced girls, some shit like yeah, that. Yeah, strength and courage in a window, bro. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, so it's like an army marching song to uh, them saying about equality between the se- Well, girl power, equality between the sexes and a window, bro. Yeah. So there we go. And That's then them doing it their way. It turns into a horror film. They go to stay in a haunted mansion for some reason. So the boot camp is on the grounds of a large mansion. Of course it is. So they stay over at the mansion. Jason Voorhees makes an appearance. Yes. You hear a... You do, yeah. Little Friday the 13th nod there. Um, Richard O'Brien makes his way through the toilet. Comes out the toilet. Um, And then they all talk about they had the same dream. Um, where they had no heads, apart from Victoria. She just had a normal face and no makeup on. Oh, she was horrified that she had no makeup on. And they're all dressed for bed with a full face of makeup, but, you know. And that, that scene goes nowhere as well. That's movies. Um, and then we get another film concept, and I, I know you'll enjoy this one. Yes, so the next concept from the film writer is Spice Force 5. Yeah. And this is obviously a play on the... Um, Pulp Fiction, what's what's the Pulp Fiction one called? Fox, something five. The one that Uma Thurman's character was um, gonna be in a, a TV pilot. Uh, yeah, well, it's it's a reference to that one. It, excuse me for not knowing the, the name, uh, but it's Spice Force Five, and then we get a cutaway to them all dressed. And I, do you know what? They all look really good. They do. They do all look really good in silver. Mal B becomes an accidental terrorist. Starts blowing up buildings. She's our demolition expert. Yeah. Jerry turns into an old man. Jerry turns into Bob Hoskins. <laughs> <laughs> so her, her, she's got the power of disguise. And she goes into a phone booth and comes out as Bob Hoskins. Um, great actor. And who, in Jerry's voice, says, girl power. What does uh, Sporty and Baby do? I didn't get that noted down. Sporty is the Mission Impossible ripoff. Of course. But um, she lowers herself and scores a goal on Sabutio. (laughs) (laughs) That that fat is a 90s UK reference right there. Um, What does Baby do? Google it, Sabutio. Um, And then I think Emma... Just does 
kicks and That's like a stupid fucking idiot, as uh, always. Yeah, I think it's just kicks and flips and, and shit. And we know what Posh does. She makes cat noises. Yeah, so... <laughs> I, we get the impression that the writer is a bit in, in love with Victoria. So he's just like, and Victoria's just Victoria. And <laughs> she's, she's just like, like meow. Meow. <laughs> well, then. So having a little bit of uh, Goffy Kendall from yeah. her Drag Race UK, actually. And then, um, that again goes nowhere. I personally would prefer to have watched um, Spice Force 5. But, oh my know, god, Spice Force 5 would have been amazing. We got this piece of shit instead. Uh, and then some kids win um, a competition. This might actually be my favourite section of the <laughs> film. This is quite bizarre. This is so strange. So these two children have won a competition to go on to the Spice... Uh, well, the Brexit bus. <laughs> so they go on and the Spice Girls aren't really that welcoming to <laughs> yeah you're right there drop some crisps yeah it's like, <laughs> like a picky tea out uh, of crisps and sausage rolls and basically they went to the bargain bin in Tesco and <laughs> yeah. got all the cheap shopping like, yeah welcome, welcome, welcome to the bus yeah uh, uh, oh, and then oh, famous oh. and all it's crapped up to be kids so, oh. <laughs> posh just out of nowhere it's just like you fucking fascist slave driver! Oh my god, yeah! <laughs> and they're like, oh, it's all one and you're forced to work for a fascist slave driver. And these kids are like, um, we just wanted to throw the, the bus. It's like, yeah, we like wannabe, um, we just wanted to meet you. Uh, anyway. So, <laughs> so after this, the, the girls, the Spice Girls are like, they we're going to do things our way yet again. <laughs> and uh, so they exit the bus. And decide to go on a fucking speedboat on the Thames. <laughs> but they hijack a speedboat. They, well, they don't. No, I don't know. There's some dude driving it. There's a speedboat. Not for, not for much so longer. So they're on this fucking speedboat singing My Boy Lollipop. <laughs> having a great... T- I know. Alan Cummins appeared out of nowhere again. Yeah. That Spice Girls on sea. On sea. You're on the fucking Thames. <laughs> um, but what I don't get is that these two kids... I've gone, and they they want to go on the Spice Bus. Like, the Spice Bus has... <laughs> the Brexit Bus. The Brexit Bus has a load of shit going on. There's a swing, there's all the girls' stuff, <laughs> you know. There's a lot to see and do in there. But no, they're like, <laughs> let's sing my boy fucking lollipop on his <laughs> It's not even a fucking Spice Girls song. And I ain't being funny, it looks fucking freezing as well. <laughs> there's four kids. The manager's like, oh, this is rock and roll. <laughs> They didn't even hijack the speedboat. The guy's driving, but he's not driving very well. <laughs> and ends up go, going over some sort of... what Something in the water. I don't, I don't even know what know. it is. It's a plank of wood in the water. plank of wood, but this speedboat flies through the air. Victoria <laughs> and these two children fall <laughs> off the speedboat into the middle of the Thames. <laughs> So Sporty dives in to go and save them. They end up getting to the shore. Victoria's absolutely fuming. And the kids are like, yeah, we're fine. And Posh is like, you mean I got wet for nothing? <laughs> no, 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 Mousy got wet for nothing. I was it Mousy? Victoria's the one that told the kid to shut up. <laughs> 
that fucking... Do you know what? You win a competition when they drown you and shut the fuck up. Yeah. It's like, oh, we had a great time. Ah, oh, shut up. <laughs> in reality... In reality, if this happened, if the Spice Girls took two kids on a fucking boat that they escaped their bus with... Without their parental... Without any parental permission. Yeah. And then fucking end up... It ends up with the kids flying off the boat and into the water and nearly drowning, then... What the fuck? They'd be fucking what? arrested. I don't... Uh, this scene... Be- <laughs> fucking hell. But I think... I genuinely feel like the kids would have had a better time on the fucking bus. Yeah. <laughs> they would have been flung into the water, would they? Oh, of course, God. it does make press, though, because Richard O'Brien was obviously there snorkelling at the time. He was. He knew they were going to spontaneously... The driest wetsuit in history, by the way. Yeah. Um... Yeah, it goes to the papers. Then they have a big argument at the Royal Albert Hall. And we get some more Roger Moore. And then the girls all go their separate ways. They have a bit of an argument. Um, The whole argument is just posh, just like pointing at the manager and saying sassy shit the whole time. Yeah, so they argue with the manager. I I can't remember. Probably... It it wasn't a memorable argument. All I remember is posh just pointing at him. Yeah, something to do with being worked to the bone or or, or whatever and them getting into trouble and basically their lives aren't their own. Um, They do whatever the manager tells them to do because they're a business. They're a cog in the machine rather than their own people. Yeah, we get it. Thank you. Thanks for that message, ladies. Yeah, then we get them all doing their own thing. Like, Jerry's watching some fucking random film. Well, no, an old Barbara Stanwyck film. I recognise Barbara Stanwyck. Well, Posh is in the bath. Um, Scary looks like she's about to form a cult. She's got all yeah, candles. Yeah, she's, she's in bed with, like... It's just a sort of torture chamber. Like, I swear there is, like... It, it looks really gothic. And, yeah. Um, but anyway, but whilst they're all doing their own thing, they have a flashback to when they, uh, their origins. Disclaimer, this is not the real origin story of the Spice Girls. They were not all really homeless and living in a cafe. And that's, that's so strange. Is <laughs> that they've put in this story of them. Um, I'm not sure if the idea is that they were homeless. I think it is. But um, they're, they're, like, really poor and they go to this cafe all the time and they can't afford anything. Yeah. And they start singing Wannabe for the cafe owner. Mm-hmm. And the pre- pregnant friend's there, obviously not pregnant, and uh, she's just sort of, like, listen to the ladies sing and dance. <laughs> and the, uh, the, caf guy, the cafe guy's like, yeah, shit, it's not jazz. Essentially, <laughs> and then they sort of they're all reminiscent, and they and like we're going to be fucking huge, we are. Yeah, and they, they act as if they wrote wannabe, uh, <laughs> don't they? They do. Like you didn't write wannabe. Um, so I don't know what sort of message they're trying to give to the audience. Is that uh, that's how they actually got together? It's, it's so strange. Yeah. And then they um they all meet back up at the cafe. They're all clearly reminisced at the same time yeah the cafe is closed down they wonder whatever happened to bill so do we because it's never answered and um scary's like let's go get some chips yeah and then like let's go get some chips and they're, they're sat on a bench eating their chips and um what's the name uh jerry god i'm forgetting their names and jerry says it's so strange 
<clears throat> we used to wonder where our next meal's coming from. Now we wonder where what position our next song's going to be. <laughs> and then we get Stephen Fry. Uh, yeah, and... <laughs> I just I, I just found it so strange. Why are they acting out this scene where... Or why are they giving the impression that they, you know, were penniless? Well, didn't you say Ginger was actually a talk show host or something well yeah she, she was a, a game show host in spain <laughs> before she was in the spice girls and I, I i don't know why they'd given this impression that they were really poor or, or homeless you know when they must have had families that they <laughs> lived really with. insensitive just you're playing yourselves in a film you're given the impression that th- this obviously is a caricature of yourself but you're given the impression that you are playing yourselves in this film, especially when you're the Spice Girls and, you know, 75% of your success has come from your personalities and yeah. you, you, you know, ra- rather than their talent. And I would never say that they're not talented, um, but the largest part of their appeal was their personalities. Yeah. And so to give this impression to kids that are watching that you were fucking didn't have two pennies to rub together and you were potentially homeless. Really weird. (laughs) It makes no fucking sense. Well, the Stephen Fry scene is pointless. It's just him as a judge on one of their fantasy scenes saying that he's, uh, I fucking know, send them to prison for all the shit. They talk about the fickle nature of fame and uh, they get a little cut away to Stephen Fry um sentencing them yeah to uh appearing on a cheesy chat show in taiwan talking about how they used to be famous yeah come on little and he tells them to in the u.s version he tells them to call hootie and the blowfish in the uk version he tells them to call gary barlow from take that (laughs) take that um, it's a bit harsh because I thought Take That was still quite popular at the time. Yeah. So they come up with this idea, and that is, it, it would be fantastic if they could just take their pregnant friend out clubbing and go and get her fucked up while she's heavily pregnant. Yeah. Well, we get before then, it's a scene of Richard E. Grant and, and Alvis Costello as a bartender. Yeah. And um, so they, they have like. So Richard E. Grant is sort of like their road manager and their sort of assistant. I, I don't even know how to describe her or what her name is. She's in there throughout the film. Mm. And she's played by Claire Rushbrook, who was most famous for being in a fantastic Mike Lee film, Secrets and Lies, uh, just a year or two before. Really fantastic, great actress. And I... If I remember correctly, maybe this is the film she did after that, which is so You'd disappointing. So. <laughs> um, like, really, two opposite ends. Secrets and Lies is a 10 out of 10 masterpiece. And to go to this film <laughs> is a drop. Poor Claire. Uh, but they're in a bar, and they, they are also talking about the fickle nature of um, fame and how you're big one day and... No one the next day, and uh, the bartender's fucking Elvis Costello <laughs> playing himself. 
Yeah, I don't know why he'd agree to that. I don't, I don't understand that one. Well, they actually... Uh, t- remember when our episode used to be an hour long? Oh, my God. <laughs> this is, like, on 71 minutes already. Oh, shit. Um, we're still not at the end. Um, so, they take pregnant friend out, try and get her drunk, and uh, start dancing to their own song in a club. Yeah, so they they decide that the way... What they're going to do? They're going to do it their way. Yeah. And take their pregnant friend out to a club, the Ministry of Sound, where they go, Oh, I love this song. Yeah, you would love it. We wrote it. And, no, you never. You didn't write that song. <laughs> and it's uh, Who Do You Think You Are? Like a dance remix. Yeah. And it's they're dancing in the middle of the dance floor whilst their pregnant friend, who they're trying to focus more on and give more time to, is on the balcony <laughs> on watching a, them. On her own. <laughs> on her own. Uh, and it's a weird one that throughout the film they sort of reference on how famous they are. They're taking over the globe. Yet no one in this club gives a shit that they're there. No, no one even. Yes. Yeah. Well, then pregnant friend goes into labour. A day, a second closer to them, not giving a shit about her. <laughs> uh, she goes into labour and meatloaf has to drive her to the hospital. So she's on the bus, um, and all the girls are like, oh shit, we've never uh, had someone give birth before. And uh, Ginger says, just put your legs together. To which Scary says, that's a bit late. She should have done that nine months ago. (laughs) And so then another one, I forgot who said this, just like, don't make her laugh or it'll shoot out like a cannonball. (laughs) That's Mel B again. So so after this hilarious dialogue on the bus, they get to the hospital. And this is your favourite scene. This is potentially uh, coming up after the speedboat. So they're on the her friends on the bed. She's all prepped, ready to go to give birth. The fucking nurse comes in. And it's only the Spice Girls in the room, and the nurse comes in, and she's a bit like, what's going on here? And they're like, our friend's giving birth. And the nurse is like, well, how dilated is she? (laughs) How the fuck do the fucking Spice Girls know how dilated their friend is? And who the fuck put her in that bed and set her off? (laughs) They did. She's got her fucking legs apart. Meatloaf did. She's Coming in, asking them how dilated their friend is. Well, swiftly moving on, we haven't got a lot of time left, no, and there's a lot sorry. to talk about. This is another one of your favourite scenes, one of my favourite scenes by oh, far. This, go on, Gary. These sketchy parents come down to the Spice Girls in the waiting room. They're like, Oh, hello, excuse me, aren't you the Spice Girls? And they're like, Yeah, yeah, we are, yeah. And they're like, Well, my son. Uh, he's banged his head and now he's unconscious. He's uh, in hospital. We come and try uh, talking to him to wake him up. How the fuck is that a medical <laughs> way of bringing someone back into consciousness? Anyway, so three of them go. Um, sporty, uh, posh, and is it Ginger? Ginger, yeah, yeah. So they all uh, they all go up to this room and like, hi, yeah, I'm Melanie C. I'm Jerry. <laughs> And Victoria gets right up in his face and screams at him. She's like, and I'm Victoria Malcolm. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, they're thinking of ways to uh, wake him up. And Victoria's like, uh, to Jerry, maybe you should try taking your top off for him, Jerry. 
And uh, Ginger's like, nah, there's no point. He's uh, He's got his eyes shut. And all of a sudden, this wakes him up. What the fuck? Because <laughs> this kid is like, what, 14? 12, 14. He's, yeah. He is a child. And there are two grown women here suggesting that one of them takes her top off to flash her tits to wake him up. And she actually considers it and says there's no point because his eyes were shut. And this miraculously wakes him up. And the scene cuts. So we don't know if she actually takes the top off for him. No. Well, I don't know. What a fucking bizarre scene. <laughs> oh, God. I want to see Malcolm's spin-off film. I want to know the real story behind it. That is child abuse going on there. Those parents are so sketchy. <laughs> Well, the dad, when they mentioned taking the top off, the dad was like, ooh, yeah. <laughs> that kid did not bang his head by accident. So, so after that scene... Um, pregnant friend gives birth. Pregnant friend gives birth in the grand tradition of Hollywood films to an extremely clean baby. Wow. No umbilical cord, no placenta. I mean, Baby Spice thought it was a beetroot. Yeah, no sweat. Um... Get Jerry, Jerry, Jerry's the one to pull the baby out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that famous nurse, yeah. Ginger Spice. And then, uh, so, so the friend's given birth, everyone's happy, everyone's having a great time. And they couldn't give a shit about her anymore, they all walk off. Yeah. Um, they spot Richard O'Brien uh, with, with a camera, and like, it's him! And like, what, how the fuck do you know who he well, is? earlier in the film, Richard E. Grant was having a meltdown. And they turned around and said, oh, it's only the papers. Who gives a shit what they yeah. say? Yeah. So, suddenly, they do give a shit about what Richard O'Brien's been doing. Even though, how the fuck do they know? That where's this come from? Yeah. Um, chase him. Chase him. And uh, make him see the error of his ways. <laughs> yeah, and then this is cut in between um, the American filmmakers who start doing a meta-commentary on the film uh, where they start describing the events that are happening as they happen. Yeah, so the so manager who's panicking because they're running late for their um, Royal Albert Hall show. Yeah, so the writers finally decided on a <laughs> good premise for the film. Use the word like that, <laughs> loosely, please. <laughs> Um, and essentially is describing what's happening in the film and comes up with um, they need to get to the Albert Hall as quickly as possible. Uh, Victoria drives. Well, Meatloaf's having a nap on the floor for some reason. Uh, yeah, he's having a, 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 a meatloaf. He's having a, 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 <laughs> he's a meatloaf. He's having a, a nap on the grass for some reason. And they have to quickly get to the Albert Hall. So Victoria says, I'll drive in these heels. <laughs> Hijacks the bus. Hijacks the bus. The Brexit bus. Um, hold on to your knickers, girl. Yeah. <laughs> so she's dangerously, dangerously driving through London. Probably hit a few kids on her way. And it'd probably be the least shocking film, thing in this film. Um, yeah, so he's having his nap. Wakes up. Um, they get on top of the Brexit bus for some reason. They fall into the bus again. The London Bridge is going up as they're driving across it, and uh, they jump the bridge. They do, so um, he's describing it, and George Went goes, well, that's not in the budget. So yeah, we so see a little toy bus. A, a little toy bus doing a jump, yeah. so uh, that's a little self-referential. Then they uh, decide to do a riff on Speed, the uh, Sandra Bullock film, where they see there's... Uh, 
What, did I get it right? No, I just like, good game. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> oh, not Keanu Reeves. Not Keanu Reeves film. The Sandra Bullock film. Um, so, there's, um, they find a bomb on the bus. Not really that bomb. They scream for a bit. Leave the bus outside for all up at all. Well, it cooks, doesn't it? Like, it cooks, and they're like, no, get to it. Get to the Yeah, like, get fuck to the, the bomb. End. We don't we care don't about the bomb. So they, um, you know, they run to uh, into some police who are like, yeah, okay, you were dangerously driving around London, and like, oh, come on, let us out. And uh, so yeah, they well, carry it, on. It, well, it's Emma Bunton getting away with murder. Yeah, as always. I mean, potentially she could have been getting away with murder. That bomb could have gone off at any point and killed a lot of people. That's true. Um. So then we get back to the manager talking to Alan Cummins, and he's about to commit suicide. To the whole world. I know, yeah, really dark. He, um, he's like, so, what's going to happen is... Because he thinks they're not turning off. He's like, the live band will start playing. I'll walk out onto the stage. Fucking kill myself. He has a noose. And uh, this is being broadcast live to the whole world. And he's planning to kill himself there and then. On live streaming. Yeah, in front really of this audience. Weird, dark moment. And then they all turn up and he's like, I love these girls. <laughs> Doesn't want to kill himself anymore. And then we get the Albert Hall gig where they play Spice Up Your Life. And that's it. Yeah, a little full version of Spice Up Your Life. The girls doing what they do best to finish off the film. I love how the film's bookended by them, you know, actually doing what they're good at. Yeah. And then the rest is just fucking a nightmare. A filler, essentially. But it doesn't end there, though. Um... As part of the Spice Girls cinematic universe, we get some credit sequences where um, everyone's talking about how shit their roles are in the film. And then we get a bit of fourth wall breaking and they uh, start talking to the screen. Like, oh, hello. Oh, look at you there. Spilling that popcorn. Look at you. He's making out in the back row. Oh, hello, you. And they're all uh, doing all these cheesy lines and everything. Uh, and then the bus explodes. Yeah, finally the bus explodes. And that's it. Yeah, and I wish the film fucking exploded too. Oh, what a film. That was a slog, a real slog to watch. It was... Whilst we're being critical about it, if that film was watched with a lot of alcohol and a lot of friends, that would be so much fun. Oh, it's, it, it is hilarious. So bad it's good. It, it is, is hilarious. The definition of so bad it's good. Yeah. Honestly, I just... Can't get over half of the stuff that happens in it. It's just bizarre. It, it really is. There are so many scenes in this film where it feels like they've put words into a hat. Yeah. And just picked out. what. So, pissing. Alien. Okay, what can we do with this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is uh, British culture at its finest, guys. <laughs> Um, it's very British it's a very British this film this had a fucking wide release it did I can't believe this film was well, in cinemas because Spice Girls were massive but this fucking film was in cinemas yeah Spice Girls were huge and it's just it's a play off of um, Hard Day's Night uh, the Beatles film from the 60s and I've not seen A Hard Day's Night, but as far as I know, that's been well received. Um, so it, something like this can be done. But they just, I don't know, they, they're on something. Yeah. They're on something when they were writing this film, because... 
Well, it's None recently. Any fucking sense. It recently had a re-release at cinemas for its anniversary. <laughs> Why would they think it's okay to show it these days at the cinema? Like this is so bad. This is so inappropriate on so many levels. It, but it fucking is entertaining. You highly recommend you go and watch this just to see how bad it really is yeah you don't even have to be a Spice Girls it's fan. on YouTube in full that's wherever you watch it it looks like shit but I mean the film's shit anyway so go and watch it just to witness this atrocity obviously a one star but a solid uh, well half a star on Letterbox. a solid love heart from me yes it's one star I probably wouldn't give it the love heart it, it, it has to be seen to be believed but um, we better wrap this up. Yeah. Have you decided on a film for next week yet? Um, do you know what? I'm thinking of going for a similar theme. Uh oh. And I've got two choices. Justin to Kelly. <laughs> Justin to Kelly. I've been dying to watch these two films for a while. It's either Xanadu, mm-hmm. or You Can't Stop the Music. Okay. It's one of the two, so it'll be a nice little surprise. We yes, we will make the announcement soon. Uh, so that's it uh, thanks for listening uh, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts don't forget to rate, review and subscribe if you're listening on anything else like and follow we've been getting a lot of listeners on Facebook video uh, recently which is well I didn't even think to promote that before but, I don't um, think that was a thing yeah I mean you know, people seem to enjoy listening to us that way so great carry on uh, social media we're Horror Court Trash over on Facebook and Instagram Horror Court Trash on Twitter let us know if you have seen this, if you're going to watch this, what you think of it. If you're a Spice Girls fan, tell us who your favourite Spice Girl is and why it's Posh Spice. Um, <laughs> I'm Gazmo205 on Instagram, GazCruise92 on Twitter. I'm Chris Barker823 on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, we'll see you same time, same place again next week. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Really? My friend. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I have nothing more to say. That's the end of the show.